It'll be secondhand. Goose sticks, just, just sit close enough to me and it'll pick you up. Um, start, do you have a shout-out to start us off? Yeah, shout-out to... I want to shout-out to Paddy Cripps and Sam Walsh. A little bit's happened since we were last on. So, um, swept the the awards, the official, the MVP. Mm-hmm. Paddy Cripps got an All-Australian and the Rising Star. And Sammy Walsh got a what, best first-year player at the... AFLPA. AFLPA as well. Should, so. We spoke about this last year. And we speak about it again this year. You know what the problem with the, the uh, All-Australian is? They're a bit like the Oscars in that they catch up. So because they wanted to just add an accolade onto Buddy Franklin's CV and his plaque in the Hall of Fame. You're talking about the captaincy last year? Yeah. So when Buddy Franklin was an a captain of the All-Australian, it was purely and simply a recognition of what has been a magnificent career. And just it's another line on his plaque at the Hall of Fame. All-Australian however many times, All-Australian captain once, blah, blah, blah. Cripps should have been the All-Australian captain last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think – I think every, people recognise the circumstances in which he, A, assumed the captaincy and, B, ran with it yep. last year. Fantastic. And then again this year. Did you think you had it when they announced Shannon Hearn was the vice-captain? Did you think – No, I, there was a part of me that I thought – I just went – I just don't think they, – they, the AFL seemed reticent to give Carlton anything. Mark of the year, like doesn't how, matter what. How's that? That it's been voted mark of the decade. Oh, Jesus Christ! And yet, it didn't even win mark of the year in its in its. The old Carlton media guy had a um a proof of concept piece of official memorabilia for mark of the year Walker's mark of the year, and it sat in his office forever. So they're ready. That's and that that's commonplace with everything. It happens with everything. But he had the proof of concept Walker mark of the year piece, and I uh, didn't get it. So club lost out on a windfall there. Um, those paupers at uh, Collingwood got to. Make a bit of extra cash. Andrew Craker took a chess yeah. mark. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good mark. <laughs> you know, it was, but it, yeah, but it wasn't mark of the year. No, Jeremy Howe takes one of them every week. You know, but the point I'm trying to make is, I sit there and I thought, at some point, Cripps will be get will get all Australian captain. You would assume, but he should have had it this year. So Hearn should have had it last year, and Fife gets it this year, which doesn't make any whatever. So you sit there and go, so now you owe Hearn one, you owe Cripps one. It's like just. Recognize it when it should be recognized. Yeah. Don't chase accolades and chase whatever. It's ridiculous. But I like that shout out. Walsh, fantastic. Good to see us get off the mark in the men's. So we cleaned team. up the uh, the rising stars. We, we, we did. got the double this year. We did. Collingwood did it last year. I forgot. Jaden Stevenson and Chloe Malloy. Okay. Who's a, she's a she's an absolute superstar. Mm-hmm. She's just she's at the moment women's football's like that. She stands out because she's so good. Yeah, it's like when you watch Erin Phillips. She's exactly. She's so good. You go, well, you know, she's yeah. she, even on the. I saw a bit of her play the VFL on the weekend. Mm. It was literally Southern Saints mm. versus her. Yeah, they couldn't get past her. They just put her. She where, looks like LeBron James playing Siebel. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I like that shout out. My shout out. Uh, well, one of my shout outs. Did you watch uh, from the inside out? The Collingwood I did. Doco? I did. I watched it in the office today. Yeah. Just look, it's, I'm not going to say, I think everyone watches a doco and they get a bit carried away. Oh, it's brilliant. I loved it. No, it's great. Mm. But I think that uh, I'm not going to get carried away and say, oh, it's the fuck, it's amazing, it's this, that and the other. But what it says to me is there is an appetite and a market for this stuff. Why don't more teams do it? Why don't, why isn't there? So, AFL films. Yeah. Clubs could do it internally. Carlton do it a little bit, but the problem with the Carlton ones is I love we fly that, people overseas and try and. I love that they're trying to do stuff. I love it, but what what the problem is, I think that Carlton sit down and they were trying to do like episodes, like one a month, or I think was the general rollout. 
Collingwood sat down when Collingwood. The thing was the the Bolts era was supposed to progressively get better, so these episodes would ride the wave. If they sat there, what they got to do is, as a documentarian, they need to sit there at the start of the year and go, "We might actually get fucking nothing, but we've got to do it. We might get it might be shit, and we might have to cobble something together at the end." If they had done it for us this year, it would have been year of the dog. It would have been brilliant. The turmoil of got to let the coach go, the club's going nowhere, what are we doing? And then the renaissance. And the, like it would have been year of the dog. It would have been absolutely can't miss. Did the doggies play finals that year? Though? They just missed out. Okay. But it was that idea that they came good and then the next year, obviously, they're one of the best teams in the competition. Yep. And it just, to me, was such a brilliant story waiting to be told that you just need to be prepared to capture something and just cross your fingers a little bit. But what last night showed is Collingwood started out at a pretty vulnerable point in the sense that their last couple of years have been ordinary and they agreed to capture something. Maybe it's good, maybe it's great. Maybe we're going to have to make a really bad, tough call that either scuppers the doco or paints us in a bad light. But it was it was just really good to watch. It was really good fun and I, I went away from it going... Adopt it as a process. To, it's an annual. It's just something you release at the end of the year to recap the year. Maybe it's player based. Maybe it's coach based. Maybe it's yeah. But, but I think that they need. They almost need to adopt that seven up model. You know, the you revisit the kids every seven years. Okay, and that, you lost me there a bit, but oh, it's this classic um, British series where they. I think the kids were, geez, I was seven or eight years old, and there was sixteen of them. I think. And the documentarian, whose name escapes me at the moment, every seven years he would revisit them. So there's 14 up, 21 up, 28 up, 35 up. And it went up until like mid-50s, I think early 60s. And these kids, it like, and, and in some parts it's absolutely heartbreakingly tragic because they cast a seven-year-old kid against a 42-year-old whose life has just fallen apart. Turned to shit. And it's just like it's heartbreaking to watch. And then in other parts it's, even from episode to episode, someone's on the wrong track and they can't get their life. And the next time you see them, oh, no, they're good now. Mm. Or it's a success story, some fall off. And I think that just adopting that model would be a good way. I think Carlton are doing, at the moment, they're doing a 99 one, which will be out, obviously, in a couple of weeks. Prelim week. Yeah. Where we? So they're talking to the main players and all that stuff. I'm interested to see how they... You know, my thought, I thought, I think we spoke about this earlier in the year. They needed to do it like it's a ticking clock. I'd have it be like starting at three quarter the three. I'd have it start at the three quarter time siren. Isn't that the famous sauce yeah. river? Yeah. I'd have I'd have the documentary start at three quarter time siren goes. Yeah. So the doco goes and for forty. It'll go for forty five minutes. Goes for forty forty five minutes. Hmm. The three quarter time siren goes bang. We were four goals up at half time. We're two goals down. Everyone's thinking they've done their dash, shot their bolt, shot their bolt. Um, <laughs> And then it starts with sauce, what did you say, blah, blah, blah. Because all the moments, as good as the moments are in the first three quarters, you got um, Fraser Brown's goal, Matty Lappin kicks the goal, which is phenomenal. You're talking about in the last quarter? In the last quarter. Obviously, yep. Kuda takes the game by the throat. Yeah, Kuda's two. You got, obviously, Fraser Brown's tackle. All the legendary moments. Aaron Hamill's. And you basically just, and it's like the... Lance from the boundary. Lance from the boundary. It's the ticking clock of... XXX, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, Brattle's not making the distance from about 35. But it's the, t- and the, the ticking clock counting down and the idea being... And I've, I've, I've told, I think I've told the story of Jason Reddick on pod. I don't know if I have, when he was the runner. No, I think you've told us, but... 
But on pod. We'll tell it again. <laughs> Basically, Jason Reddick... We're um, running loose tonight. He gives a, a shit. He's a fantastic Carlton man. Uh, was CFO, and now he's the, the chief executive at uh, Williamstown in the VFL. Big, big Carlton man. Great stuff. He'd been there for, for years and years and years. And on his last day, I asked him, um, what's your favourite memory? Like, what's your abiding, your, your favourite memory of your, your 20-odd years at the club? And he, he goes, oh, look, his premiership's obviously phenomenal. He was at the club in 95. He goes, can't beat a premiership. I said, well, not the premiership. That's, you know. And he goes, oh, well, he goes, 99. I said, yeah, of course. And then he goes, I was the runner. So he's if you watch the 99 prelim, the guy, the Carlton runner is Jason Reddick, hmm. who you can think about it back in the day. It would have just been who's fit and on staff and not doing anything on a game day, you do want to run. <laughs> and he was the runner. And he just told this, and I got goosebumps, he was telling the story and it was just phenomenal about he got sent out with, you know, messages in there. And right at the end of the game, he got sent out with something like, uh, I can't remember how long he said there was left. He got basically the last message he ran from the bench was like less than a minute. And he goes, I was literally running around and the Essendon runner was doing the same thing, yelling 40 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, looking back at the bench and they're motioning at him. There's, you know, doing, where Young's got the ball, he's about to pump it and, back and, inside and they're, 50. And they're motioning with the hands, you know, there's 15, 20, whatever. And he goes, you're running around and people couldn't hear you because the crowd was so cacophonous. He goes, you couldn't hear anyone. You're just yelling at the top of your lungs and players are sort of, you know, you're motioning to them, there's 15, there's whatever. And he goes, oh, just the moment of the tackle happens, the ball breaks. And you look to the bench and it feels like, no time, you've got no concept of how long's gone. And he goes, you look at the bench and like they're sort of celebrating because they go, there's 10 seconds left. I'd love to see another angle. There's 10 seconds left and obviously... Uh, so where is he at this time? He's, just, he's on he's, the ground. Wouldn't be allowed to do that now. He's on the ground yelling, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, that, that moment dawned on you where you go, fuck, we've won. And he goes, oh, it was just like this unbelievable... And you can see him in the shots like he's with the um, celebrating with the players. And it was just a fantastic story. It'd be interesting to have him, or as weird as it sounds, not to give the last 30 seconds to Fraser Brown, not to give the last 30 seconds of the doco to Cooter or to David Parkin, but for a guy that was in the thick of it. It'd be an interesting narrative choice. Do you reckon they'd have other angles of that game for the doco? Um, how does Brett Ratton get... How is he the one that he's... Breaks free to get the, the ball from... Because he gets it from Murphy. Murph kicks it to him. And then him. Murph keeps running on. Yeah, Murph kicks to him and then Murph but runs How does Rats get into the middle of the ground? When it, basically, the whole everyone's inside Essendon's forward 50. How is Rats the one who gets... It'd be, see, that'd be interesting. He to, mustn't he, have come back. Well, he must have been the last man sort of thing, the first man. And he must have just... As soon as he saw uh, Murphy get it, he must have just bolted. Because there was nothing rats, in space. But, tried, but there was nothing in space. But, <laughs> no, but look, it'd be interesting to see. I think like all Carlton fans, will. Um, we've spoken about 99. I wouldn't mind them burying it after this. It's a wonderful moment. But I think oh, it's, it's the best non-grand final moment you could ever... But I think now's a good opportunity to, to celebrate it and recognise it as a wonderful day that it was and then perhaps just put it in the rear view. I don't, no, no. I, I disagree about putting it in the rear view. you got, you got to... Have you watched the 99 Champions League final? Do you well, revisit that's, But that's a little bit... Because they actually won the trophy. Have you re-watched the 7-1 Roma game? Uh, uh, so moments like these, you, you, you're reliving the Arsenal 8-2. I get it. But I think that 
as a club, like United achieved after those results. I know. So I, think, I know. I know why you're saying it because we've been dog shit since then. And I don't mean like never talk about it ever again, but just as a fan base, just go okay, awesome, fantastic, but let's look for the next one because it's about time we get the next one. Although, you know, we did obviously have Essendon and Richmond, but it's about time we get the next. Oh, the t- the 2013 Richmond final was one of the best days of the footy of all time. That was great. Yeah. It was brilliant. Have you got a second shout out? We're still shouting. I'm shouting out to Novak Djokovic. Oh. Just shouting out to Novak for doing Novak things. And There's the Novak we love. There's the you Novak know. we Has Novak ever with. lost a Grand Slam game? I don't think he's ever been eliminated by any. I think he just, he just pulls up. Just pulls up sore. Yeah. I've, 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 I played the first two sets and, and struggled, and then I thought I might as well reserve my body. No, go out gracefully. Reserve it for what? You fucking idiot. There's <laughs> a bit of spice in there. I get the feeling. Oh, no, I've. I've I don't, I don't want to use the word hate. I don't hate Novak Djokovic, but I can understand why no one likes him. As as hard as he tries to be loved, and this guy will probably go on to break. I'm an unashamed Roger Federer fanatic. Well, Federer loses today to Dimitrov, and everyone's flat Roger as Federer is 137 years old. People everyone's... have got to understand. Roger Federer is cooked. He, well, yes. he is going to be making Brilla ads for the rest of his life. That's it. He's done. That's what he should be doing. should be in the studio yeah. cooking a spaghetti. He should be guest master chef judge. Mate, he could do anything he wants. They give the ratings a shot in the arm. Rog turned up. So, but Novak, as hard as he tries and does all the imitations and all this, he is not loved. No. And you can tell by his sponsorships. No one throws dolk, like corporate dollars at him. At one point, he was wearing wearing. Apart s- from, he was wearing Sergio. The Ta- Serbian he was wearing equivalent Sergio of the Combank. Ta- no, he was wearing Sergio Tacchini at one point. Mate, he was at Uniqlo. Like at the height of his career, like Rogers there now, just trying to get some cash. But um, no, I just he irks me, Novak. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and and, and because I've got a, one of my very close mates is Serbian, it probably adds to the uh, irkingness. The, yeah, the irkingness. Yeah, no, so I I'm shouting out to him for just Novak being Novak, and that's probably the best thing I've seen Novak do in a while because I actually enjoyed it. Respect the guy's tennis ability, but. Don't much rate him. My second shout-out, lastly, I've been doing a bit of work out Raven Hallway of late, picking up some some cash work. My shout-out to the Ring Road. It's good to see that you're moving around. Yeah, no, I'll go where the money is. Um, shout-out to uh, the Ring Road. Jesus Christ. I thought you were going to shout-out to Tin Ass again, but... No, no. <laughs> the Ring Road. Have you been on the Ring Road lately? Not for a while, no. Not well, in peak mate. hour. Mate, jeez. I call it the Fury Road. The thing is crazy. Is it still under construction? No, no, no. Fortunately, it's not. They've done it. They've cleared all that up. But I've seen more incidents in eight commutes on the Ring Road than in ten years on the Eastern. Every day, there's something. Every day, every day, in both directions, major closures, nose to tails, nine car pileups. It's it's madness. And seriously, you get out there, your head's on a swivel, driving down the fucking Ring Road. If any of our listeners use the Ring Road, they'll know exactly what I'm saying. Oh, no. <laughs> Enough out of you, Siri. Yeah, if anyone... If Go anyone, ahead. Use the ring road. Do it at your own peril. <laughs> if any of our listeners use it, they'll know it. Your head's on a swivel. People. What, what would have prompted Siri just oh, then? I don't know, man. People emerging in front of you. A guy was behind me today. He literally would have been 10 metres behind me. We're going 102 kilometres an hour. And he would have been less than 10 metres behind me. And I'm thinking, why? What are you doing? Slipstream. <laughs> he was drafting, Save, saving on fuel. He was drafting me down the west and western road. Saving on fuel. 
You know who we should have shouted out? Who? Because we're not going to talk F1 tonight. What? Charles Leclerc. Mm. I thought we were going to go Antoine Hubert. I don't, I don't know much about him. Look, it's tragic. sad. It's yeah, tragic it's that he's tragic. really a Formula 2 driver. Yeah, it's just tragic So stuff. he's lost his life at Spa. And, um, it's an awful, very reminiscent of if people follow the sport, very reminiscent of the incident that cost uh, Alex Zanardi his legs. If people remember that years ago, where the car was effectively T-boned, Alexander went on to become like a Paralympian. Yeah, no, like, super, um, unbelievably resilient and yeah. inspirational. But the car effectively gets T-boned and ripped apart. So it was awful stuff. And obviously, I think Dan uh, Ricardo was uh, obviously being a, a Renault stable driver. I think he was pretty affected by it, and he, he spoke to that a little bit, saying he's sort of glad the weekend's over because. It was obviously pretty trying stuff. He, I don't think he's necessarily saying he had a lot to do with him, but he would have known the guy mm. pretty well. But no, look, Charles Leclerc, in spite of that, was uh, tremendous. And I think a win that's long overdue. I think he should have probably had one or two more. Yep. No, I Outstanding. Totally agree. Um, so that's our shout-outs. I'm going to move now on to a little...